know you're having a lot of fun, but you're going to have to take your seats, I think. Find a, find a seat and get in it. Something like that. That's what my mom used to say. Musical pews. You, you guys are having a lot of fun over there. And that's good. That's good. Mirth. God is the author of mirth. Okay. Let's look at uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. And this is the introduction of the great prophet Elijah. This is his debut in the Bible. So we're going to look at him. We're going to look at a couple other characters here as uh, we start in this. And what it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, an inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew or rain these years except at my word. That's a powerful statement. That's a real powerful statement. And gosh, think of that. He's going to control the dew and the rain. And we know from other portions of the scriptures, that turns out to be three and a half years. That's a, that's a long dry spell. And uh, we have other characters here that we need to introduce. And uh, let's talk about Ahab. And Ahab is a rip snorter, uh, a real professional at uh, idolatry. And unfortunately, he's doing that in Israel. And if you would flip over to uh, 1 Kings 16 in verse 31, I'm going to start in the middle of that. And it said, And he, meaning Ahab, went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Now that's a set of credentials for an idolater. That's big-time idolatry. Uh, Not supposed to have any other gods in Israel except the Lord God Almighty. He's setting up, building uh, idols, building temples in Samaria. So he is against God wholeheartedly. He is just a bad king and a super idolater. And uh, we're not going to talk much about his wife, Jezebel. And she was his equal as far as evil and being an idolatrous. And uh, she was quite the evil gal. So this is what uh, God is going to bring judgment against, is this idolatry, as he shuts off the rain for three and a half years. And uh, this uh, comment about um, Elijah being the only one to you know, regulate the rain, that is something. Moses didn't even have that kind of authority. Moses would call on the Lord to bring him. He'd call on the Lord to shut him off. And here we have Elijah that says, at my, at my word only will the rain come back. And it's going to be, he's going to be shutting off the dew and the rain. And this is pointed at Baal. And maybe some of you don't know who Baal is, but Baal is uh, a false god that was popular in the area and uh, throughout the Palestine region. And just uh, a, a real, what do I want to say, a nemesis, a nemesis to Israel, to Judah, um, and Baal just keeps coming back, just keeps coming back. And it's a real distraction uh, for the inhabitants of Israel. And God has had about enough with it, and he's going to judge them with no rain, and then some. So he's going to turn off all the moisture, the dew. Uh, I used to work in a cornfield for 20 years, and it was my it was my chore to put on a rain suit in the morning and go check out the cornfields. My first move when I got to my work was get real wet and dewy corn and it wasn't much fun and uh, the old timer said you're going to get wetter in that cornfield from the dew than you will from the rain because the dew's on both sides of the leaves I could come out of that thing ringing wet absolutely ringing wet after you know just a few hundred yards not even that 
But there was a lot of moisture that came in the form of dew, and it would run down those corn leaves, get in the whirl, and nourish the plant. And it helps the garden out, Ron. Dew is very important, especially when it's dry, like it is now. And Elijah's shutting off the dew, too. So we're, we're talking about dry here. And uh, that's going to be three and a half years. So that is God's judgment against Ahab and the god Baal. And Baal, uh, for the idolaters, one of the things Baal does is regulate rain. He's the storm god. He's the rain god. So God is having Elijah strike against Baal uh, in the sense that he's going to trump him with no rain. You're going to pray to Baal all, all day long, and there's going to be no rain, guys, because God of Israel says no rain. We don't care what Baal says. We don't care how hard you worship him. No rain for three and a half years. All righty, and two it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Chirith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall be to drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Hide. I want you to go eastward and hide by this little brook. Not hang out. Hide. Because Ahab is going to be real unhappy with this guy, this prophet, when he finds out this, this rain is not going to come and the crops start to fail. We need to get Elijah because he's the only guy that can turn the the water back on. And he will make several efforts to do that. In fact, they will send, uh, and it's not in this chapter, Ahab will send contingents of 50 men to find and capture Elijah, and Elijah calls down fire on him and wipes him out. It's, it's a big-time miracle guy. And even today in the Jewish community, when they need a miracle, they don't pr pray to Christ because, you know, Christ was just kind of a minor prophet for them. They still pray to Elijah for the big ones. He's still the guy. He's still the guy for them. Uh, twice, they sent contingents of 50 men to apprehend Elijah. He wiped them out with fire from heaven, called it down big time. And the third contingent went to him and said, um, would, would you consider coming to see King Ahab? You know, we're not going to lay a hand on you, but would you just consider it? And he went to see King Ahab. So after uh, 100 guys were wiped out. So he's got a direct connection to God. But he's hiding there. And the prophet has to hide out because Ahab's going to be after him. I thought that was an interesting choice of words. Um, so God is hiding him for safety. And he's going to have the ravens, ravens come and feed him. Are you keeping track of these miracles, guys? There's going to be a miracle count when we're done. Um, going to have the ravens come and feed him. And in Scripture... A lot of times ravens and birds in particular represent sin and, and nasty things, but God can use them any way he wants to. The ravens are going to help out here today. They're going to help. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. He drank from the brook, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land, just like he said. Um, but... The ravens are full-service ravens. They're, they're bringing stuff in the morning. They're bringing stuff in the afternoon. He's hiding out in the wilderness along this little brook, which may be a seasonal brook that just you know has water in it during the rainy season, and it's drying up. Uh, where do ravens get the bread? I don't know. I don't know. It could be a manna thing. God can do that wherever. But he brought meat. The ravens brought meat to him. It was probably uh, you know, rodents, rabbits, whatever, little things. And Pardon me? Roadkill. Slow that chariot down. Okay, Lisa, you want to teach a while? <laughs> okay, God is the God of mirth, and that's cool. That's cool. 
I probably would have said it if I'd have been out there too. Uh, but, the, but the Ravens are doing their job, and this is miraculous that they would come and do that, doing it twice a day, and uh, bring him what he needs, and uh, that's what he needs to get by. It happened after a while that the uh, brook dried up and it, because there was no rain in the land, and his words are coming true, and the whole land is going to suffer with that as we see as, as we read on. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath. I have trouble with those THs on the end. Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. And Sidon is north of uh, the northern kingdom of Israel, and that's big-time Baal country, too. They're, they're infected with Baal, and he's going to go up there, and there's still going to be no rain. But uh, I don't know if uh, God is moving him around to keep him away from Ahab, but... Uh, He's still going to be in in Baal country. So he goes up there, and there's going to be a widow that is going to care for him. And widows have special privilege in in Israel. And I jotted down some things here about widows because God says uh, that to take care of the widows is true religion, to help the widows and the fatherless. And... uh, we, we have a nice ministry here for the widows. We, we consider the widows. And uh, that's, that's one of my pr- primary functions is to, is to see if the widows are taken care of. And that's a great thing. And God says that's to true religion. So God is sending him to a widow. And here's some things that were supposed to be going on with widows, although it didn't always happen. In fact, it didn't happen much in Israel. Uh, they were not to be oppressed. They got a part of the triannual temple collection. And I, I didn't know that before, but they were entitled to that. Allowed to glean in the fields, and that is really brought out in the story of Ruth, Naomi, and then Boaz's, uh, uh, I want to say, provision for them. And uh, when childless, the, uh, it's, the, the husband died. The next of kin that was willing was to take the widow and provide for her offspring so the brother could be remembered or the family member could be remembered. And uh, if you read Ruth, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. Beautiful love story. Beautiful love story. And that's what Christ did for us on the cross. Our kinsman redeemer came and died for us because he was willing to take care of us that were widows, us who had nothing. So he is a tremendous uh, form of the kinsman redeemer. That's what they were supposed to do. That always didn't happen. Uh, They were under special protection from God. And again, true religion is taking care of the widow and the fatherless. By the time Christ comes, the widows are very downtrodden. And that's one of his uh, condemnations against the rulers, that the widows were not being taken care of. They were being extorted, and their property was being sold and stolen. And he was very unhappy with the ruling class of Pharisees because the widows were not being taken care of. Um, He sent to a widow, and... I don't know what he thinks about that. A widow, gee whiz, um, I'm not going to get much to eat over there. But he's very obedient, and he knows God is on his side. He, he's really not worried. So he rose, and he went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was uh, there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And she said, and she was going to get it. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And this kind of reminds me of uh, Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. He went up and he made his his order. Please get me a drink. And women were in a position of servitude in that culture. And when he said that, she didn't say, get your own drink. She she acted on it. She was going to get him a drink. Same here. Uh, Elijah said, please get me a drink. I don't even know if he used, yeah, he said, please, that's good. 
And uh, she, she acted on that right away. Um, that's the way the culture was. And he had a side order there, give me water with a little morsel of bread. Uh, but that was going to be a hardship for the, the widow, as we read in 12. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's, that's not a good prognosis for your last meal. I mean, golly. But that's what's happening in the land because of the drought. Interesting statement here. As the Lord your God lives, this is, this is a widow that can see that God is operating in Elijah. She's in a foreign land. Does anybody know about a widow in a foreign land that also came to the rescue of, of someone? She was a foreigner, and she helped out some guys that, that came from outside her territory. Rahab. Rahab. Good one, John. Joshua. Sent in the spies. Sent in the spies. Good one, John. You're getting an A tonight. And I thought, I thought you would get it. I thought you would get it. John will know this. Rahab. Yeah. And Rahab was a harlot, and she is in the lineage of Christ. But she knew about the God of Israel, the God of Israel, the God of the Jews, because as they marched through the wilderness, they were wiping people out. And it finally got to Jericho. And Rahab heard the story that we know the power of your God. He's taken out countries right and left. And I believe in this guy. I believe in this guy. I'm going to hide you guys at the risk of my life, the two spies. I'm going to hide you under this flax and, and this stuff. And when they come and they ask me, I'm going to say that you guys hightailed it out of the city. Her life is at risk, but she believes in this God that is so powerful of the Hebrews. She's a believer already and helped those guys out. Here we have this statement of the widow, as the Lord your God lives. She's got some insight into this Hebrew God, even though she doesn't live in the ten northern tribes. She doesn't live in Israel, but she knows the fame of God Almighty. And her plight is that, gosh, I'm, I'm getting my last meal together here. And uh, I, I really don't have any bread. And then Elijah says to her, um, do not fear and go as you have, as you have said, but first make me a small cake and first bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, um, the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Boy, what do I do now? What do I do now? Do I take a chance on this guy? I think he's from the Lord, but he wants his first. So I could do that, give him my last meal, and be totally lost. I, I gave away my last meal, son. We have nothing to eat, so let's go out and die. But she takes a chance. She takes a little step of faith. You know, I'm kind of trusting your God. And I think you're a man of God. You've got the Holy Spirit working here, giving her some insights. So she goes for it. She goes for it. And she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate many days. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Oh boy. It's one of these, it's one of these miracles. They're going to dip in there every day and get a little more. Get a little more. And it's always going to be there for three and a half years. And I often, when I hear this, I often think, did they peak? Or did... Did they just go in there blindly and scoop and say, I have faith. I know it's in there. And I'm bringing up enough for supper. Or did they look? I bet when they looked in there, they didn't see anything. That's not a faith thing. I bet when they scooped in there, 
Isn't that right, Charlie? They scooped in there and got some. And they went, they went over to the, uh, the Wesson oil, and it wasn't clear plastic. It wasn't. Safflower oil. I've been eating canola oil for years, thinking it was good for me. I read online, it kills you. I'm getting this stuff over here, yeah. I'm confused. But this was olive oil, so I'm, the widow is safe. Elijah's okay. And it was probably opaque. She couldn't see, and it, she just tipped it up. I got enough. For three years, that happened. What a deal. What a deal. Took a step of faith and trusted Elijah. And somehow she knew he was a man of God. That's the Holy Spirit working. That's the Holy Spirit working. He knocks on hearts. Knocks on hearts and introduces you to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit knocks. Listen. Please listen. You know, I'm going to have to end it there. I had a lot more for tonight, but it's 8 o'clock. We're going to leave it right there with that miracle. We'll pray and be on our way. Lord Jesus, it went fast. It went real fast. I like it like that. Um, Lord, uh, just thinking of that prayer list, I'm thinking of Steve Walker, 12-hour surgery. Just bless that, Lord. Um, so many other things. That, that bad injury in the um, car accident um, helped that gentleman, Lord. So many things, Lord. So many things. And again, just for those travel mercies, Lord, for the people that are traveling about. And for Pastor James and his family, just give them a great time on R&R. And Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you for your great miracles. Such faith builders, Lord. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. Have a great week, folks. Have a great week. <clears throat>